welcome to the On Topic podcast with Richard and John, the weekly podcast where we take a sideways look at a specific topic each episode. What's take a breath. Topic I didn't even get a episode? gap, John, <laughs> what are you doing tomorrow? What's your favourite colour? It is. The topic this time, <laughs> I'm already laughing, is sitcoms. Sitcoms, that which the- are funny, but this podcast will not be. I think it will. I think I think you have not understood how much talent we've got. Uh, Ready, it, but I tell you what: if it isn't funny, it'll be blooming informative. Oh yeah, Bloody because informative. we are two of the world's leading experts in sitcoms. Absolutely, and we will definitely mention a sitcom you haven't watched, and uh, you now really you'll think- know to watch it. Oh God, yeah. Oh. <laughs> That doesn't sound like that sounds like we're really into niche stuff. Listen, guys, stay tuned. No, no, nothing, nothing, nothing eclectic at all. Uh, no, we're not the John Peel of sitcoms, right? Uh, we haven't got any uh, 70s Swedish house. Sitcoms. Yes, I will say last week, by the way, at the end of the show, if you'd stayed or one of the at, the, at some point, we said go and review us on if you're on Spotify hit that five star and now we're talking to the iTunes right before this even starts yes because Richard claims it's not going to be funny hit us yeah, do with a now. five star review just do it now and pause then... it <laughs> pause do it well, now welcome back <laughs> yes pause it again <laughs> no uh yes yeah, so you go on to the iTunes I'm not an iTuner so I'm I don't not actually know how to do it I'm really, not. hit but, the apple top of the page. Yeah, press. I mean, if you're in your car, <laughs> if you're in your car, pull Don't over. Do <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, if you're in your car, just beep three times, and I think that automatically reviews it. Um, no, I don't know. We don't actually know how it works, but find out how to do it if you're an Enjoy. Apple person. Um, and please review us because it helps us yeah. grow. <laughs> it just does statistically speaking, and, it, and that will help you as well. Let's get let's get on with what Richard claims is a not funny not funny podcast that I think could be. I think it's got it's, potential. Well, it doesn't matter. It's going to be super informative. You can't write anything. As usual with these things. And the previous stuff. episode was hilarious. Oh, so yeah. we've got that in the bank. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, we've, we've got enough cachet now. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I think we've got it. Right, I'm sitcoms. Go- Where do you want to sit- start? I'm going to do childhood sitcoms. Oh, stuff. what do you mean by that? I mean, so in our house, uh, uh, there was, there was. Uh, I was going to say there's seven people in our house, but that sounds like a hostage situation. The family, it was a family of seven. And we had... Two, two adults. Two adults, yeah. That's the general mix, five kids. And we had uh, only a couple of TVs. And obviously, back in the way back when, there was only four channels. One to four. So... Yeah. The time that you would find everybody by the television was very specific sitcoms. Obviously, your crystal mazes and stuff, but they don't count for now. No. But very specific sitcoms. And I think without uh, exclusion, I can't stand any of them anymore right? due to wow, the forced wow, nature. Wow, wow. Of okay. Forced. So what were the family gathering sitcoms in your family then? One of them was Sunday night. Oh, no, it was two on Sunday night, actually. Um, uh, one local to you, which was Last of the Summer, Last of the Summer Wine, yeah. a, a British institution yeah. uh, born in Yorkshire, about yeah. four elderly men yeah. and their antics in a Yorkshire village. Yeah. Uh, and we'd often drink a pot of tea because I'm from the past and watch Last of the Summer Wine. Yeah, it wasn't uh, funny, was it? 
Really not funny. No. Really quite, not funny. Quite quite charming. But I do think that counts. Isn't it? At eight, nine, ten, there's nothing charming about it. And no. this once you've gone thing... down a hill in a bathtub once. Yeah. Nora Batty with some baggy tights coming out, chasing off Compo with a broom. If you, I mean, if you don't, if you're not from the UK, go and just type in Last of the Summer Wine on um, YouTube. Have a look. Honestly, I don't think you can make it to the end of a minute clip. I think it's no. so shit. So, okay. So, so the Last of the Summer Wine, what, summer was there any others? That was... Yeah, Sunday night also would have been, I don't know. I think because uh, the, the, I think they were different times. Well, the last one was go, had been going on forever. You rang, my lord which was David Croft, I think. Uh, uh, I might have even been, I'm a bit older than you, so it might have been. It, it, it superseded Heidi High, which was also one of the shows you saw. Heidi High was yeah, you had some a bad ones, didn't you? holiday park uh, and the antics they got up to, the entertainment team. And Heidi High was like an upstairs, downstairs. Kind of, so it was a posh family with the servants. And all the servants were used to, well, were from Heidi High, but it was set yeah. in the past, like 50s. And very popular, very popular, these things. But because there was fuck all else on the telly. It's mm. not that they were popular, there were relative. four channels. But you couldn't... Yeah. Uh, if the fifth choice happen. was Netflix. Yeah, exactly. That wouldn't have happened. Yeah, yeah. see what you're saying. Well, so, okay, so going back then, mm-hmm. what are there any old sitcoms you could still watch now? Uh, probably only ones that I found later. Um so the other one would have been Saturday, um, which I'm really sorry, only Fools and Horses. But I got it when I was a kid, but I was forced into it. And so I really don't care about only Fools and Horses. I know it's a British institution, but it has to be mentioned. Um, it doesn't count. It doesn't count as a sitcom. It doesn't count. It's not old enough. What do you mean? As a British institution? Oh, for me? Well, I'm talking about old sitcoms. Are there any okay. old sitcoms you could, you could watch? That wouldn't count. So the next one definitely doesn't count. It's 80s. Yeah, but I wouldn't. But, but I'm, I'm talking. Okay, okay. I'll reel some off you. Oh, okay. Dad's Army. Dad's I'd Army. Watch, I'd watch Faulty Bill Towers. Phil Silvers is the most British American person I think who's ever existed. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I love Bilko. I absolutely. I could completely. I think in my as in my sort of early teens, it was on sort of lunchtime. Yeah, on BBC Two or Channel Four. I can't remember. Four, I think. Um, and yeah, and it was it was really well written. And a great character. They, they are the two central seeds. You know, if you, as we go through, you'll see that the characters need to be good. Yeah. And the writing needs to be good above most things. I think yes. people get people get stuck on the situation. The situation's borderline irrelevant. Yes. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, you, if you took Basil Fawlty and put him in a laundrette, it'd have been funny. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you just have to the the what the, the clever well, the reason sitcoms are written. This is boring, as Richard said. The reason <laughs> the way sitcoms are written the way they are a lot of the time is to save money. You want the you want the characters to change as much as possible, as in characters coming in, but you need the set to stay the same because so hotels very are really really good and office works brilliantly well because you can just you can change characters and situations without changing you either want an incredibly claustrophobic situation so yeah. like a bookshop where yeah. it's tiny there's two people you might get one customer who can fit in or and there's a, a feel of no escape you know you're stuck in this job or what, something like that or you want one that's incredibly broad anything can happen like an office a new member of staff can turn up any day on an, at the office you know yeah 
or something like Wait, that. You... Or, or the brilliant thing about hotels, you can have a brilliant customer in a hotel every every episode, can't you? I don't. But going to Bilko, I don't think there's many British people who who would who would think of Phil Silvers like uh, no because. I mean, even a cartoon basically bounced off it. Top Cat was effectively yes. a silver show. Yeah, it, it, it pretty much was. It, it, just a brilliant character, really well performed and and funny enough as, as well. It sort of it stands up. It kind of stands up. It was that's, it was yeah, it was very PG as that, well. You know? That's unique. I couldn't even when you said an old sitcom you can still watch. I had in my head Men Behaving Badly. I think is fine, but it's because I'm a 90s, 80s, 90s kid. Yeah, like, no, so. I was I was I was I was aiming at initially properly retro. Um, Dad's Army, Dad's Army's great as well. Ridiculously good. Dad's Is Army, it... super again, a brilliant character. Each character is just super. I don't, and the good thing is with Dad's Army, I think you appreciate a different character uh, as you're old, as you get older. See so the the slapstick of um, Corporal Jones, and by the time you get up, when you see the timing of Arthur Lowe, Captain Mannering, yeah, is ridiculous. The thing he does with his glasses, where they're askew. Like yeah. something happens, he gets knocked over. They're Brilliant physical comic, yeah. Oh my god, the timing is—it's ridiculous. It's... And the voice of Mister Men as well, <laughs> Mister Ben, Mister Men. Oh, Mister Men. Did the was he really narration for all the Mister Men books. I didn't know that. Yeah, did really you know? Funny. Did you know they were supposed to be the other way around? They were cast the other way around. Oh, John Monsieur as Captain Marion. Yeah. Uh, and then they realised very quickly it works better the other way around. For anybody who's actually seen my physical face, my my grandfather looked like John Monsieur. That's what kind of exactly what like, like way too much silver hair. Every single character is awesome. It's a very funny premise as well. Yeah, the, the whole no way thing about the Home Guard is just hilarious. It's just yeah. a hilarious situation that that occurred. You know, I just thought of another one actually. If you, could, I don't think there was even many. Do you know as well as this whole council culture comes through? These shows don't get cancelled like what you would get. Cancelled. There's a lot to be said for that because they knew they knew what was wrong, what was right. You know, yeah. what everyone else was saying you should avoid it. I was going to say, Steptoe and Son um, works quite well as well. Yes, then I know a lot of people very very two actors, two thespian actors, basically two Shakespearean actors put together yeah. as two rag and bones. Sort of times, I think they had to put a little warning on Faulty Towers, didn't they? In yeah. recent times, I can't remember what it was. I think it was was it a war joke? No, it wasn't the war. Yeah, it, it was, was uh, something the old sergeant said or the old colonel yeah. said, wasn't it? During oh yes, 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 it was. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but no. In largely speaking, you do find that really well written stuff hasn't offended, hasn't met the criteria for offence even no. now. You know, which is incredible. What, what were your childhood? Because there was like four four of you in the house, three or four of you in the house. What were your childhood? Yeah, so the ones that um, the ones that I remember being really enjoyed. Hold there, sorry. Hold there. Uh, the ones that I remember being really, really enjoyed as a family, um, perhaps not so much 
when I was really young, but sort of as I was getting a bit older, I remember having badly. Um, like I remember when that for the first couple of seasons of that, my dad just in bits watching that. Oh wow! Abs- absolutely, he, he loved every bit of it. Um, and uh, dinner ladies, man, I remember my mum liking dinner ladies, the Victoria, Victoria Woods Brilliant sitcom. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Um, very... You were lucky. Remember, they have never been on in our house ever. No. Body, body, yeah, yeah. Would have been done ever. Uh, I'm trying to think. A uh, thin blue line, which yeah. was Rowan Atkinson, Ben Elton. As as a child, Mr. Bean was sometimes on. Yeah, Mr. Bean got a lot of hits. It's I've got a the most watched sitcom in the world ever. Yeah, because it's because it's multi language, isn't it? Well, you don't realise that's an incredibly clever gift. I was where one of my colleagues was Sri Lankan and. Um, uh, uh, Rowan Atkinson lives in Suffolk somewhere, or did, uh, and he crashed. He owned a McLaren F1, and he crashed it, and it was on the front of the play paper. Um, Rowan Atkinson crashes McLaren F1, and uh, uh, my friend who'd never watched TV really in the UK just pointed at the TV, pointed at the front of the paper, and he just went, "Mr. Bean." Yeah, yeah. And I was it's, like, "How um, do you know Mr. Bean?" Yeah, and he said, "In Sri Lanka, if it rains at the cricket, they play Mr. Bean on the big screen." Yeah. So to keep the crowd in the stadium and to keep them entertained while they pull the uh, pull the covers over the tenant for the cricket pitch, they play Mr Bean, and so they'd watched he'd watched all of Mr Bean. Yeah. On the cinema screen, effectively. Yeah, you don't need sound. You don't really. You don't really need sound, and it's got no language in it. It's amazing, astonishing, really, and makes total sense. And again, largely has stood the test of time. Yeah. My my children have laughed at bits. Yeah, there's a cartoon now. I just remembered another awful one that we've watched as well, Keeping Up With Appearances. Oh, yeah, and Birds of a Feather. Yeah, Birds of a Feather was sometimes on, and that was appalling. Yes, sadly, sadly, Pauline Quirk's quite the actress who's in that, but I can't remember who played the other one who's now um, uh, from that, what's that thing called? Bitchy Women that's on ITV. Oh, no idea. She's one of them. She's one of the ladies. Yeah, yeah, one of the loose women. In a hovel. With Jane Moore, yeah, just Jane Moore just being homophobic. Oh no, crazy bad, crazy bad program. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. yeah. So those were sort of the child, the childhood ones, but none of them really. I mean, maybe Heaven Badly is pretty good. It is pretty what? good. Maybe Heaven Badly is pretty good. Yeah, and for, uh, yeah, and Faulty Towers. So I, I think that works really well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, interested, right? Okay, so I think there's been two watershed moments in comedy. And they happen at different times in America and the UK. Okay. Right. Have you seen the Gary Shandling show? Don't think so, no. Okay, right. So, 1986, 1987, 1988. Two sitcoms were hit in America. Okay. Okay? One was Seinfeld. Yeah. Which I think technically still the highest grossing... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the it certainly has the time. most watched final episode. I know that. It's yeah. had nearly 40 million people watch the final episode of Seinfeld, which yeah. is incredible. And Jerry Seinfeld himself is the highest grossing comic, isn't he, of all time? Yes. So somewhere in amongst it is one of the most successful sitcoms ever. But at the same time, in the same studio, they were also making Gary Sandling show. Right. And so Seinfeld, for those who haven't seen it, is basically Friends, but in the 80s. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's four mates who go to a coffee shop every day. Uh, and it, that's essentially what it is. But remember, they kind of invented that. Yeah. So you can't look at Seinfeld through the lens of friends and go, oh, well, it's just the same. You know, yeah, no, yeah, that yeah. came first. That was done first. They created that situation originally. So Fair Play Seinfeld, brilliant. Really like that. Exact same time, exact same time though, Gary Shandling's show never came across the pond, really. No. Never came to the UK. I don't even know at all. Absolutely light years ahead as a sitcom. In term, not, I'm not saying it was funnier than Seinfeld, so not, not at all, but in terms of what it did, was absolutely light years. He talked down camera, right? Uh, this is you know, so this is mid mid late eighties. So he kind of broke the broke the wall. Yeah, instantly broke the wall. He literally stops and he talks about the next scene, <laughs> things right. like that. He's literally completely out of character at times. Although he is in character because he's playing himself. So <laughs> he st- he stops and does all this, and but it, it does break into a full sitcom as well. So there is a proper narrative, there's a proper storyline. Um, there's deliberate faux pas in it and gaffes even though they're not gaffes they're all part of it it was absolutely way ahead of its time really really interesting um and it probably took the rest of the world another 12 years to come all the way back to that catch up with how to even make that done again Seinfeld became sort of the, the template for most sitcoms for quite a long time after it didn't it Absolutely, yeah. You actually just reminded me of another thing that that was way, way, way ahead of its time, and I don't. It didn't really transfer either, which I don't know if you've seen. Which is Taxi. Taxi, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito, Christopher Lloyd, um, yeah, uh, Andrew Kaufman playing the uh, mechanic, and like they were all big hitters. Um, can't remember his name. Now. Shut my window for these dogs. Greece. <laughs> Yeah, we have got that's quite funny. Everybody's probably thinking John's dog's a dickhead. I'm nowhere near that. Yeah. It's not my dog. Um, yeah, taxi. right. So, okay, so before we get on to the watchhead moment in British comedy, yes, uh, oh, because we've started it now. American sitcoms, what are your favorite American sitcoms? Well, there's some really obvious ones. I think I have to go with stuff that I've wa- watched and re watched, right? Okay. So, I'm going to say. Perhaps I wouldn't watch it anymore, but Friends at the time was big. I remember the 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 last ever episode was when I think I was when I first started. I was dating my wife, I think, mm-hmm. or it's definitely in the second last season or something like that. Because I remember saying I'd recorded it, was recording it on our first date. So Friends, um, a shared love of both of ours, which is the American Office, which. Partly, that's a bit niche because a lot of people have never seen The American Office. Yeah, I don't think anyone, I think anyone that gave it a try would like it though. Yeah, I think you just need to take it as a a standalone. Yeah, yeah, forget The Office and just watch it for what it is. Yeah, uh, uh, absolutely. And now I'm trying to think of American, Curb Your Enthusiasm, which they're sort of, I call it, it's not really a Seinfeld spin-off, but yeah. I suppose technically it is, but it's on a different level. Different level, yeah. Really, I kind of like cringe comedy, so it's so cringeworthy. Uh, the American Office is incredible, is just a brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Program. Just wish they didn't do the last season. That's the only thing. <laughs> the interesting thing with that, though, is it nearly bombed. It nearly got cancelled after the first series. Yeah, because they did the, the American fault of copying the exactly. Copying they the, literally took the script. <laughs> yeah. Season the season one British Office script was the season one American office script 
and it it kind of bombed a bit. It's got, and everyone kind of knew it would, and then it did. That's got three shows cancelled recently. The Gavin Stacey American, um, in the Inbetweeners American, yeah, and the It Crowd American, yeah, have all yeah. bombed because they did the same thing. Even uh, took the shot. Um, Gary, uh, Gary Graham Linehan, who did um, the It Show, when he saw the pilot, had literally copied the mistakes as well. When they he put the camera in the wrong place, yeah. he'd never do that again. Well, they, they even they even took Moss. Yeah, <laughs> Moss was in it as well. Um, so yeah, so. Yeah, so the American, the American office one, but then they somehow managed to get a second series and they just wrote it themselves, did it themselves. It, it needed Americanizing for that Definitely. audience. And then what it grew into was just absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's astonishing. We've, we've watched it. Yeah, I, mean, I, I bought you the box set a little while ago, but we've watched it, um, I wouldn't even know, probably 20 times, 30 times. <laughs> yeah, it's, end, it I is one of those that once you've watched it all the way through, you can just stick on at any time. Yeah, it's and it's fine. That's like when there was a moment in Friends, probably about 2010, when it was being repeated all the time, everywhere, and you just turned on the TV and Friends was on and just watched it. I know it's got issues, uh, particularly um, in language issues, but language evolves. I, I think it's okay to judge. I don't think they did anything astonishingly Friends. awful. Yeah. No, there's some transphobic language I, in it. There's I think that's really thing. harsh. I agree. I think you're judging it 30 years down the line. That's a bit hard. Yeah, on, on that. I, I think that's, oh, that's, really that's ego. There's a, I've just got a John and Norrie story. I know the first time I saw Friends. Okay. I know exactly. I was on a Bible camp. My, my um, stepmother used to send me on a, a scripture union camp every single year. To, uh, to I don't know try and cleanse my aura I haven't believed in God since I was 10 but whatever um, and we were there for two weeks I was there with a load of like I don't know it's about 100 kids most of them believed in Jesus in the evening one night somebody said they'd got a VHS with them of a new show they liked called Friends could they put it on and I remember going it's alright this this could really catch on <laughs> that'd have been about 1993 or something I think um kind of had the one thing friends did really well that could have gone bad was having a team of writers yeah because unlike seinfeld which was predominantly written by larry david and jerry seinfeld it was a full room full of writers it was and it kind of they kind of played the the gags you can instantly be drawn into friends because you will laugh within a minute minute and a half of watching it you know yeah and And i think it was a it was the cheers for the new generation, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, cheers, cheers. Yeah, it was like the eighties friends. There aren't many. There aren't, there aren't many sitcoms that have sort of become household comedies in England, really. No, well, and all of them we can all rattle off like instantly, like no problem. Like you, I suppose you've got Frasier, Will and Grace, those sort of ones. Yeah, cheers. I'd put in yeah. that as well. And then you've got your cartoons like South Park and Simpsons and Family Guy. Yeah, American Dad, etc. And then recent times. <laughs> I don't actually. I'm not sure. Is it? I suppose friends. Friends. Oh, uh, How I Met Your Mother. Oh yeah, How I Met Your Mother. That's and very uh, Big Bang Theory would be the modern ones. I hate that. The Big Bang Theory. My wife is addicted to the Big Bang Theory, and I think it's clumsily written garbage for idiots i don't understand it at all apart from the only thing that i will say is that i don't know his name but the 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 actor who plays sheldon um he they should have given him 90 percent of all the money that the cast <laughs> were getting 
because <laughs> the rest of them are, are awful. Like it's a terrible show. Um, and yeah, I just can't stand it. I yeah, if 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 my wife's watching a Big Bang Theory, I'm not in the room. Yeah, it's yeah. not funny. It's so obvious, but then she likes Miranda, which is also not funny at all. So. Probably probably my least favourite sitcom. Miranda. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very bad. I don't have a problem with, the, with Miranda, the lady herself. No, it's every cliche ever badly done, is what it is. Yeah, and but not even for the sake of cliche. No. Yeah, they don't give it a nod. Like <laughs> I like I genuinely thought Mrs. Brown's boys was being ironic when I first saw that. The first clip I ever saw. Uh, and it's not, is it? More than a minute of Mrs. Brown boys because it's dreadful. I watched like 20, as you say, 20, 30 seconds. It was a there's some bit where she's singing a song banging her husband on the head with a tin tray and i yeah i just thought it was irony and then i realized oh god people watch it on purpose <laughs> it's actually that for half an hour and i thought oh my god yeah so what were the films what there was there sitcoms that you would or yeah was there sitcoms because i uh men behaving badly would be one of my childhood ones that you almost had to sneak to watch oh okay that you um so so that would be men behaving badly for me. Uh I'm trying to think. I don't think I ever snuck to watch Frasier. Um I tell you what Oh, the young ones, because I'm too young for the young ones, mm. but it was groundbreaking. And I and I, I do remember uh my dad never really minded watching anything that was comedy in front of me, because most of the time you don't get it. So I probably sat through the young ones, but didn't really understand what's mm. happening. Apart from finding people's appearances funny, or like Rick Mail, just unbelievable. Just he's funny because yeah, he's physically, very clown, literally, funny. physically. Ada Edmondson's yeah. hair, etc. I probably found that quite funny. And I remember the um, Cliff Richard video that starred the young ones. I, I still like in my head. Yep. I hate Cliff Richard, but I can <laughs> get, get can I know exactly what the song is straight away. Yeah, I think. Um, I tell you one that not I, I wasn't um, being naughty by watching it, but at all. But one that became like a real sort of um, playground talk and a sort of a water cooler show um, at school was, and I just got to tell in my room then. So I guess I was supposed to be reading a book or going to sleep, but I was actually watching this, which was Teachers. Oh, okay, Andrew Lincoln. Yes, um, I was already old. I probably had a flat. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, no, you would. It was, it was sort of when, I think it was on about half nine at night, yeah. and so if you're like thirteen, you're supposed yeah, yeah, to be so trying to go to sleep. If you were thirteen, I was eighteen, so I had my own place, probably. Yeah, probably, yeah. But that became, that was a very different sitcom in a way. It was an hour long. Oh uh, wow, wow! Amazing soundtrack. I've watched it. Quite sexy I, in parts. I've watched know. it because you told me to. Yeah, Andrew no, Lincoln was, was brilliant in it. There's some good characters in it. I remember um, going, yeah. And, and quite an insight as a 13-year-old watching it, knowing that teachers go to the pub every night, <laughs> smoke about 100 facts a day, literally hung over for every lesson. It's uh, Yeah, it was quite, quite an eye-opener at that age. And amazing soundtrack. Let me just give some facts and figures that I got oh, yeah. earlier because I thought these were quite good comparisons. Now you're gonna to have to give me variances in the dates because yeah, you just do. That's just the way it is. So I have got when there was four or perhaps five channels in the UK versus now. 
versus Netflix. It's okay. I think we can, we're all, we're all grown ups. We can figure that out. We can preview. Exactly. But I'm just t- telling you, but the differences are so absolutely huge. 26 million people used to watch, what was it called? What were they called? I don't know. Markham and Wise. Markham and Wise. 26 million people used to watch that. Now, if you've got 8 million, people would be raving. You'd only got, so then, Markham and Wise, you'd only actually got two channels, you've yeah. got one and three. Yeah. Which is off the chart. But it was, yeah, but people forget it was very popular to turn your TV off. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've gone with, but the reason that, so that I've gone with Christmases because they're the time that everyone's pinned in their houses, the shops are shut, and they've got to watch telly. So they watch it when they don't have to. We never watch TV at Christmas, really, apart from Only Fools and Horses. We play awful part of the game. Give us the stats. Here are the stats. So Only Fools and Horses 1996 Christmas special, which is their best they ever did. Okay. What's do you know what series it was? Uh no, I didn't know what the episode was <laughs> Carry on, it doesn't matter. Carry on. Oh, I know what it was. It's the one where they sell the watch. Ah, okay. It, oh, so sub mid to late then. So end, yeah, really yeah, quite season before six, the season seven, yeah, like before the before the comeback. So only Fools and Horses nineteen ninety six Christmas special, twenty three point four five million people Incredible. Watching. No, because you and you can also ignore the catch up figures because there's no catch up. Whereas they've yeah, added them true. together for the rest. Um, I think this is surprising because <laughs> this wouldn't come up. Uh, I don't think so. One foot in the grave, which I don't think would come up in most people's like top Oof. ten things. Yeah, one foot in the grave Christmas special. That's 19... a childhood sitcom as well. Yeah, nineteen ninety three, twenty million. We're watching. On Christmas wow. Time. That was a that's a shockingly sad indictment on TV in that time. It it it, it really is. Uh, but I've got Men Behaving Badly, nineteen ninety seven Christmas special, sixteen point three four million. So these are basically the top Super. three ever: twenty three million, twenty million, sixteen million. Sixteen million people were watching what was a fairly niche lads at the yeah. time. We were going through the lads era in the UK. Lads, yeah. lads, lads. Yeah. Um, uh, so sort of Spice Girls as well at the same time. Uh, girl Power, and we got they got sixteen point three four million. So it it had it to be fair though. It had strong female characters in it. Yeah, uh, Caroline Quentin. It was, it was laughing at men, wasn't it? Yeah, at what? Yeah, exactly. Just the twattery of people, which was uh, I, I thought it was quite good. I only just got to it, it became quite murky. About I went to two thousand nineteen, our favourite year because uh, pre pandemic. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, I thought that made sense. Bollocks, I've done something stupid. Um, we have got Mrs. Brown's Boys on uh, Christmas special, 4.63 million. I mean, it's a terrible show. It's popular. It's popular. Popular show. Yes, that is absolutely true. And I've written in my notes, G&S. I can't even think what that is. <laughs> What's GNS? I don't know. Um, I, I, I tell you what, I thought you were going to mention Royal Family. Oh yeah, that that, uh, that, that had a big that, Christmas special. That bridged though, didn't it? That bridged. Ah uh, yeah, because of, oh because of catchphrases. Gavin and Stacey. That was what I was thinking of. That's the Gavin and Stacey. Where do you stand on Gavin and Stacey? I sound very precariously. <laughs> <laughs> you have got a lot of character actors right who uh rob bryden being a character actor um james corden being a character actor like like very 
yeah, we put them in the right person, right person, the right place. It'd be okay. I think it's, I think it's passable. I think James Corden, unfortunately, has besmirched his own reputation by just being a bell end. Um, I, I don't, I just don't really like James Corden very much. And sadly, Ruth Jones believed too much of her own hype after uh, after that. She did a terrible interview show. Um, so. Yeah, she's I good in some she... stuff though. Um, she's good in Saxondale as well. Yeah, I can't remember who plays who plays G- Gavin's mum. I think she's been in quite a few things. She's yeah, she's good. Nice. Yeah, she's good. I, I think that was the thing for me with Gavin Stacey. I think certain sitcoms come along and they are timed perfectly. So, for example, the in-betweeners brilliant <laughs> was written by two 35-year-olds-ish. Yeah, right. About about being at high school in the late nineties or mid nineties, and that's me and that's you. Do you know what yes. I mean? And so, therefore, it literally strikes a note. Every other line, every other moment, strikes a chord with our grow- growing up. The Gavin and Stacey does a similar thing for me because I was sort of on that cusp, you know, that working class, middle class cusp of yes. life, with a interfering, over bothered fad driven mother you know yes. <laughs> and so and a, a dad that couldn't give a hoot about anything um you know so it, what i think kind of is so relatable it's so relatable my wife definitely but, and uh, the, you know i got to mention uh julie davies from Davis, oh, amazing who's just incredible and everything um yeah the in-betweeners cast even made a joke about how little they use the internet um that you know they're kind of you can tell who it was you can tell it was written by two millennials because yeah. we never use our phones for anything like, yeah yeah absolutely i think that yeah certain ones just do that there's a, there's a very modern one now i don't know if you've had a chance to see it cockfields yeah both series yeah so again that is that's kind of moving forward but the, again for me incredibly relatable when i go to see my mum now she is that really over fussy yes exactly what my my, my bothering, wife says bothering, bothering bothering the mother is my my mother who just is yeah ridiculous yeah, and uh, and again so that's incredibly relatable uh check it out cockfields uh, if you if you haven't that's a good it's a good that's a good show that's flown under the radar yeah really has there's another one that i think is currently flying under the radar as well written by somebody in our echelon i suppose which is big boys which i think is on channel four it's okay. about a young lad who goes to university and realizes he, he he the whole premise basically he realizes he's gay when he gets to university and but big boys is so brilliantly well written by somebody who's maybe a bit unfortunate looking and a bit awkward and it and it makes a, a fantastic show with an ensemble cast you know normal thing like there's four or five main characters Actually, it's really only three or four, but it, it works. And an overbearing mum, and his dad died when he was like 10 years old. It, but it's a really, really good show. Yeah, Cockfields, I agree, completely missed by most, I would say. Yeah. Um, I don't have the reminiscathon that everybody else has over childhood um, stuff. That I like all the stuff. Oh, here we go. When was the first time? Because Rich and I both like quite similar comedies. Um, and I remember. Yeah, but the, you don't like Only Fools, and I. I quite like it <laughs> that's fine i know the first time i saw the office the original uk office right which was a groundbreaking thing in the uk and it broke everything in the us as well 
comedies filmed as if they were documentaries had never been done. And it was weird. I remember seeing my boss the next day. I'd seen the first episode. He'd seen the first episode. He asked me if I'd seen, did I see that documentary about The Office on the TV the night before? Now, within a minute, I realised it wasn't a documentary when I was watching it the night before. But it was very fun to talk to somebody who'd sat through half an hour of something they thought was a documentary about an office with this boss yeah. who's a dickhead and it was and again like you're saying it was so relatable i'd work it was, with that it was guy. deliberately it was deliberately authentic wasn't it yeah at no point do they break camera no you know at no point is there a nod that hey, you watch this sitcom wink yes but it's all the it was all the straight down the barrel i think it was i had a boss in the mid-90s called scott and he was exactly like that he was your mate like he would be like, yeah. where are we going for lunch? And it just, David Brent was, if you knew that guy, you knew that guy. And I watched, uh, I watched it live on the telly in my room. Uh, second episode, as it came out, and I, I watched about six minutes. I thought it was a documentary, but then I thought this is really funny for a documentary. Like, <laughs> and then. And then it was hilarious, and I thought it's not a country. And but no, I hadn't, hadn't heard anyone talk about it the week before. It was a very slow burn. It was it really was, was. It, it sort of snowballed. It sort of took them like four months, like a, four weeks, like a month to like for people to be really talking about it and really. That must have been. It took a lot of. Uh, well, it took two basically two producers who worked at the BBC who just got it, which is all it takes. And there's, yeah. there's, there's, that happens. There, those landmark times in UK comedies. Are are those things like uh, the in betweeners Friday night dinner, um, uh, the office, the it crowd? Yeah, royal um, family. It's royal, royal family, family counts as well. Yeah. Um, um, did you hear the story about royal family? No. They made a pilot, like a traditional sitcom. Right. Got it signed, and then burnt it, <laughs> <laughs> and then made a sitcom like royal family as we know right. it now without telling anyone. And they didn't show anyone until it was all edited, all done, all scheduled in the scheduling. No, no, really, ex no executive saw it until it was too late. I really like that that because because it's just no point when you get a common consensus. You they knew, they, but they knew until it had audience approval. They were confident it'd get audience approval. They knew it wouldn't have executive approval, so they hid it from the executives. I think there's another quite good example of that. I don't know if you're a fan, which is this country. This country, great, yeah. I've got sort of a list here of sort of under the radar ones, and that's on it, yeah. This country, really weird. They couldn't great get that commissioned. They did it. They wrote the script. They had it. Had everything. They kept sending it out, getting it back, sending it. Out. No one got it. Um, I think I, I can appreciate that though, because on paper, it's mental. Yeah, it's do you know crazy. what I mean? And they 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 rewrote it as a traditional sitcom, ITV, and they changed Kerry's name and they they pulled everything down, made it like less risque, and they think they even shot the pilot. And then they pulled out. And then one guy at the BBC read it and went, no, it's pretty. This, just do this, exactly what you had yeah, on the paper. Yeah. And they filmed it. And the main Absolutely. lad from it is now in America writing and directing the American version. Oh, is he really? Mm. It's going to be shit. <laughs> he's, well, we'll see. Um, but he seems a smart lad, so we'll see. Um, um, yeah, so they that was The Office brings me on to the British watch at the moment. Do you, do, you, do you know that there's only six months from Dinner Ladies to The Office? Wow. No. It, this, dinner Ladies looks 15 years older, doesn't it? Yeah. 
in its style, in its presentation. I really like Deleuze. I really like Victoria Wood. Um, Just and, and the great characters, great writing, but completely traditional sitcom. Was there even an audience? I think there was an audience. Right? Yeah, there was an audience. There was yeah, a wow. audience, and even when there wasn't laughter track, there was a very obvious set. Yes. You know, uh, everything was completely traditional, like it had been for 30 years before. And then The Office comes along literally within months and just blows everything. The only side effect of uh, The Office was people trying to act like David Brent afterwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get a lot of, you, there was a little window of time where you get a lot of stand up comedians going into sitcoms and trying to be Brent esque. In I th- performance. Don't you think? I think though as well. There's also a wonderful bit. If you get a really good sitcom, it's got two wholly separate audiences. So there's people. There's a certain people who are watching The Office and are doing the catchphrases and stuff like that. And there's a certain other people who who are watching it and getting all the other stuff. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, and you get that exactly with this country. When I first started watching, uh, weirdly, we were in Bath on holiday, not in a bath, in Bath. Um, and we didn't have a, we always bring our Google cast with us or something like that. And we didn't, we just had terrestrial TV, which we haven't got a TV area at home. So we didn't really know what was on. And so, but I found BBC iPlayer and I saw this thing called This Country. And I thought, oh, that looks quite funny. So I put on the first episode of it, just was spellbound from the second it started. Got it immediately that it was a joke and went with it. And, and just thinking, this is this is so funny. Yeah, it's a, it is. It's a gem. It is. Um, we should name some of our favourite comedies, just in case people haven't seen them. They can make yeah, a mental so note and it, check yeah, them out. Yeah, just things you haven't. We haven't mentioned. So Even far. if you have just real few off in top off the top of your head now, favourites it comes. A peep show would be well up there. A peep show, I've, great. I've show. watched that through a lot. Well, that's perfect for, for us. Yeah, as I said as well, Friday night dinner. I think the in between is a, is a, is an absolute piece of genius too. Um, it's really hard when someone puts you on the spot and goes, "Go." Actually, I'll name some. Think Go of it. it. Perfect. It's great, especially now. Uh, Mighty Boosh. Yeah, I didn't really get that. Not much <laughs> with that. That's okay. Um, uh, Afterlife. Um, uh, yeah. Absolute one massive standout. Detectorists. Oh, so good. It's set right around here, all around our house. Detector is absolutely beautiful. And I think that's um, something that comedy is sort of moving into now as well. That sort of uh, wistful, melancholy, easy watching. I think it's almost a genre within sitcoms now. Like Extras does, uh, sorry, not Extras, Afterlife does that a bit as well. There's some just beautifully calm shot scenes. The other thing Mackenzie Crook had got, which lots of people didn't, he wrote the script with the actors who were playing the parts literally in his head because he'd already met them on other stuff. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to write this for them. I'm going to write this. And they all said yes. So you have this, this thing that's written well within all their ranges because it's written specifically for them. Yeah, it's just... They, there's, really I, I, hope that con- from, I hope this trend continues of really charming... Let me sitcom. just say that no one in Suffolk talks like that you see because that right there that's from bristol somerset devon it's not from around here but every time there's anything set around here they all talk like that and toby jones all the way through sounds like that but we don't sound like that it's very annoying uh 
Yeah, but I don't think that's that's a very you get niche that problem. In your, yeah, you get the same thing when they do when they have a Yorkshire crime thing, and they're all from Lancashire. Because I know, because my friend's from Yorkshire, and he gets really pissy every time they get loads of lanks people cross I, the Pennines. I, I think, understandably, we're just all bracketed as northern. Yes, and the same as here. The BBC just haven't come to terms with that yet. There's just that we've just got we're in the bracket, which is the countryside, and everyone yeah. in the countryside talks like that. Above. Birmingham and below Liverpool, you're just northern. <laughs> and you're not in the Beatles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, Afterlife, Extras, Partridge, Drop well, the Dead Donkey. That's that's very, that must be too old for you. My dad used to watch Drop the Dead Donkey. Yeah. I've come up. Uh, yeah. I've re- I, remember well, it, I remember it I being was... on. I remember it being on and I've watched it since. You can tell. Here's a quite thing. If you are a thinking about watching it i i really mean this as well the first time i watched bridget jones i could see that it, the person who wrote that had watched drop the dead donkey a lot <laughs> because the character there's so many i mean they even used one of the characters her editors the guy from drop the yeah, dead donkey, yeah but it was the every office environment was drop the dead donkey like it was yeah. so weird uh curb your enthusiasm we've said i, yeah, I think that's, that's my absolute favorite to be honest yeah i think there's moments in that that are I, I, it's probably the, the most I've ever laughed at something. There's the one of my favorite thing is Larry David reading the instructions from a packet of tampons through a toilet door. I, yeah, I remember yeah. nearly losing consciousness because yeah. it's it's such a horrific thing, and 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 I, you're there going, well, don't, well, he isn't going to do that. And then just losing my mind at how funny it was <laughs> to watch. I think it's, it's it's I think that that scene encapsulates Curb really well because it's a uh, he's not a bad man. He's not an evil man. That's no. a very sweet attempt to help. Yes, in Larry's world, isn't it? You know, you can always see how the situation has evolved into what it is, and nobody's done anything wrong. Like it's yeah, just he's not a, he's shit. not a bad person, but capable of. Simply horrific things. Yes. Um, may, I like how it, it, Curb manages to tread this line as well between plausible absurdity and very realistic ha- situations. So he has situations that can happen to anyone, do happen to anyone. But then, you, you, but then the next episode, it'll be all about a weather guy who plays golf at the same golf club as him yeah. and lies about the weather on days he wants the golf course to be quiet so he can play. <laughs> you know, it's just like... Another so classic that line really nice. moment is the death announcement, which because it's the first time I'd ever heard the C bomb from an American TV show, because they're terrified of the world. Yeah, yeah. And I remember that as it as it comes out, and they say it like eight times, just finding it incredibly funny that they'd use the C bomb. They do it in the Detectorist. There's a bit where Mackenzie Crook has obviously decided whatever happens, Toby Jones is going to say the word cunt. And it's just set it up. And I remember the first time you said it, you were like, "You need to pause this and go back." He just said, "He just said Z bomb." Were there any sort of um, instant no nos for you, like comedy sitcom cliches? Like the, as soon as you see them, you can't deal with it. You just have to. Oh, they put me. Uh, my uh, my whole thing is if I can, I, I like to be outwitted in something. I don't want to. S- I don't. I don't mind suspecting that the joke's going to go one way or the other, but knowing that it is because it can't go any other way makes me. So I'm not one for. Um, I don't like the very so, crass basic so, stereotypes. 
So that overly effeminate gay man who who has nothing else, you know, there's no third dimension to that. He's just playing that. Yeah, weirdly, exactly. That's the, see, you just, because we talked about this, finding the two kind of levels in a comedy. Gimme, gimme, gimme is one of the perfect examples of that actually done well, because it's, you might initially look at it and go, it's just a guy doing a really camp voice and it's dreadful. But there's so much, so many kind of weird nuances in it that there's so much space. It's like the, uh, it's like the Al Murray conundrum, they call it. The Al because Murray conundrum. Because you've got half oh, yes, the yes, exactly, yeah. agreeing with the character Al Murray's playing. The bar, you know, the, the barman, <laughs> yeah. the arrogant, the ignorant barman, the hypocrite. But, just and just the almost clapping along. Yeah, send them back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you've got the others that yeah. see the humour in it, know the actual actor they know the, the performer they understand it's all irony they're all laughing at this stereotype and they see you've got to... a, but he gets the same laugh from both the same volume from both but you've got com- two seriously completely conflicting mindsets on the same thing yeah that's a really i was asked to do this there was a uh, open mic night in suffolk and i had this five minute set that i'd done and um somebody said oh well, could you just do it could you do like could you open it for us? And then there's like, there's going to be like five or six people. And I was like, oh, where is it? And they told me where it was. And the problem was all the jokes are irony. And, and I thought, no, because I don't want it. Because <laughs> I don't want the laugh off that joke. Yeah. That's not what that joke's about. And so I just thought. I, I Famously, I, Larry David's I really done stand up and he's gone up on stage, stood next to the microphone, looked at the audience and gone, nope, and walked off. <laughs> which i totally agree with this was like a baying kind of working men's club type but like vibe that i was asked to go and compare basically so it was an open do an open spot at the start and then he's, uh, the rest of it he's the owner of my favorite opening stand-up line as well i remember you telling uh, me, I don't he, know walks on, he walks on he goes uh let me tell you something about good looking people we are not well liked <laughs> Oh, I'm sure in the start of the Gary Sandlin show, he literally starts by walking through his set, his house, talking to the audience, to the down the camera, and uh, he he does a good joke as well. So the premise is that he just moved into this into a new house. Um, That's the sort of opening thing, and he says, "Right," um, he said as. Sold my previous house for fifty dollars. The landlord was furious. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a, a really, really joke. good joke. I'm trying to think of what well, is there anything that we can might as well kind of get. Yeah, we are, get we, we've to got to wrap we up. We've got to wrap up. So, exactly, what Ooh. are you watching now? Currently, ah, well, this is <laughs> this is my problem. I struggle. I'm struggling. Um, I've just watched Greg Davis's cleaner thing okay which yeah has I good quite liked it episodes. I would say I would say his other one for channel 4 man down which is on Netflix yeah is a way so better. I've just watched that and I struggle I really struggle with a lot of these new ones we're re-watching because we have seen it before it does peter out but Brooklyn yeah Nine some great Nine, gags in there good American yeah. comic yeah, so we're re-watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine at the moment. And that, and we're watching, it's not a sitcom. We've been watching Landscapers, which has got 
some brilliant act the 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 two people it's darkly yeah. comic and it's got o- an oscar winner from peep show in it as well what olivia it's gone olivia coleman yeah, yeah i don't i must admit for all the stuff sitcom and my love of sitcom i don't i i struggle to get engaged with some of the lot of these newer ones now um I don't know. They have to be pretty good, you know. They have to be pretty good for me to want to get invested. This this yeah, country and detectives so into them instantly. So so impressed instantly with them. It blew me away. Yeah, we've just actually just stopped watching one, which is Jenny MacArthur. What's her name? Jenny. Uh, anyway, it's called God's Favourite Idiot. She's she's in it with her husband on Netflix. Oh, Motherland is a recent one as well. We got four in and then quit. Motherland and uh, it's just superbly observed, really. It is, again, it's this current sort of... It's a window of time where this is relevant and this is a way things actually are happening in society. (laughs) And... uh, Yeah, I agree. That's an odd... Somebody mentioned that to me the other day because they're just... You know those things? Because I think we watched that about two years ago. And so it came up. They were talking about it and I just thought... Uh, and I just thought I saw that two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's really. Well, cool. I think that's the beauty of the streaming services, isn't it? That you can find yeah. a comedy at any point. And Mother, Motherland is on Netflix. Or, no- <laughs> or nothing. How fast does time fly when you're searching? <laughs> yeah. We've given up. It's like it's another hobby of mine. We can yeah. waste an hour. No, I find that really stressful. I try not to do that. And I have to check things on IMDb. Like, even though I don't really trust IMDb. I do to a level. If it's getting a 5.4, it's going to be shit. Like, there's no, there's no way out of it. It's going to be terrible. You're putting a lot of confidence I've never in, seen a 5.4 in the in British public there. Everyone. Yeah. Well, I just... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Normally, my hobby is literally an hour and a half on Netflix and fucking Prime. Yeah. Night. Okay. That, is that... Are we done? Yeah. You're I told right. you what's funny, but I bet, I bet <laughs> we've named a show that you haven't seen and you're going to check out. <laughs> Yes. And let us know if you do do that. Let us know on our Facebook group, which is called the On Topic yeah. Podcast. Just go on the blue blue. Well, the next thing, episode, we're talking about cancer. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. Fuck's sake. <laughs> right. Do that. Yes. Uh, follow our Twitter account, which is the On Topic Podcast. Go and please talk, work on out podcast. on your app. Tell Whatever your friends you use, about Please it. work out how to do a review on it. Please. Yeah, do it. Yeah, like up, like on Spotify, there's literally a star system. Just do that if you yeah. can. It'd just be great. On podcast addicts, it's just a thumbs up. And on Google Podcasts, you can give us a review. Just go whoosh, and it'll tell us. And if you've got friends <laughs> who you think have got ears and a computer, tell <laughs> them about the show. Friends. It's like Kevin. We're doing I've all the heavy lifting here. Fully, fu- fully functioning <laughs> ears. Or just say, yeah, Kevin, you when you go out, <laughs> can you tell your Alexa to play this podcast, please? Yeah. And, then, and he yeah, can play while it's out. Play a whole series. <laughs> yeah. So do that, for goodness right. sake. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you again soon. Get on the Facebook group, on Top of Podcast, Facebook.com. Bye. Bye. Bye.